I told him you never know. Here we are, a brand new house yet again. We're in uh house fuck. I don't even know where are where are we in Arizona? I don't even know what this place is called. In Scottsdale, I think. I believe. It's like Scottsdale adjacent. Yeah. But anyways, technically it, Scottsdale. It's been a very eventful uh last seven days, but I think the uh the pinnacle of it all is Mike got his nails done. Look at that. What what made you want to do that? Um well I was having a little spiritual conversation with the, my Manny Petty lady. Because <laughs> uh, you're typically a, uh, a manicure guy in general, just getting like the maintenance. Yeah, I wouldn't even say typically. I've probably gotten like, I'd say I probably had 10 my whole life, but I'm like, I'm getting more on that wave. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm, I'm into the self-care as we know. Mm -hmm. But um, I was, I'd say self-care oriented. Uh, I was probably my worst the last three to four months. Um, when I say that, we're in Nashville, which is a party, and then also just finishing the album. And uh, it's a it's a strange feeling when you're like close to finishing an album and you have a deadline. It's like the only thing you just eat, breathe, sleep. You know, even in your head. So you know. Um, it almost felt like I did a lot of the spiritual or just even just self-work. I did a lot of it in lead up to prepare me for that, that phase. Because I'd say I've meditated the least, you know, read the least, um, just even, you know, working out, taking care of yourself. Just those endorphins you get from taking care of your body. Mm -hmm. I got that the least probably I have in the last two, three years, in the last three months or so. But my point being is that I've done... You know, I think I did a lot of the legwork, and I was kind of okay and prepared for it. Like I know I didn't usually in the past. If I don't take care of myself, I don't feel as great. You know, where I felt great and I was focused on getting what we need to get done. But yeah, I had a self care day the other day, first one in a long time, spa day, mm -hmm. a little massage, a little uh, facial, and uh, mani pedi. And then I was telling her about. She was asking about my necklace and. And she said she loved that. I was like, yeah, I dropped the blue one. I just dropped that album. And I was like, you know what? Go ahead and, <laughs> go ahead and paint, me a, paint me a nail. She didn't talk you into it for an upcharge? No, there was no upcharge. <laughs> Actually, I didn't check the bill. Maybe she did. <laughs> um, she didn't strike me as one of an upcharge type of lady, type of gal. You know what I mean? Yep. But caught a great wave. And, you know, she said, go ahead, let it fly. Fantastic. Well, we're in this really cool uh, new house for the next couple weeks. Um, a lot of, we just announced a contest yesterday, which we should probably talk about a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah, the Like Blood one. For right? Like Blood, yeah. We're, it's another opportunity. We haven't done it in a while, but another opportunity for fans to come hang out with us at the ranch here in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, we're trying to get into a groove. You know, I think this is, this is going to be the final one before we introduce this to our only Steves, where mm -hmm. if you're a member, you're, into, you're entered into the raffle, and we bring, we bring a group of fans out once a month. Um, but this is uh, something we wanted to do is to activate the song. One of my favorite songs on the project, but I just think it's, it's a great opportunity to kind of celebrate your friends. And um, what better way of celebrating our family and friends? I mean, the Steves are definitely part of our, you know, our family and friend group for sure at this point. So what better way to kind of celebrate it is have them come out and 
we'll have them star in the music video. And really, the only way they enter is just by posting it, correct? Yeah. Posting their own video. Yeah, it's pretty simple. If you want to uh, see the nuts and bolts of what you have to do to enter, just go to Mike's Instagram. There's a post about it. Uh, but essentially, you're just making a little 30-second video of you and your friends putting the song Like Blood behind it, posting it on Instagram and TikTok, and we're just going to pick the best one. And it's all happening really fast. Uh, the, uh, this is uh, Wednesday when this comes out. We're picking a winner uh, by probably Monday of next week. The contest mm. ends Sunday at midnight. I like my contest nice and fast. Yeah. And then uh, I, I believe August 21st is where we're going to fly fly people out. Yeah, we're going to... Another little decent cross promotion is on. I'm actually going to perform some songs on, on the 21st for the first time ever. And like, as Mike, uh, we're doing an album release party, uh, doing an album release party over in, in Scottsdale at Casa on Mill Street, which is over near ASU. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the party we're going to fly y'all out to, um, to come to whoever wins this contest will come party with us and live that whole experience as part of the group. So the twenty first, that's that's not the casa in Old Town. That's the other casa. Yeah, it's the other. Thing. There's two casas. Yeah, I think it's casa. Some, it's slightly different, but same family. Okay. I'm not even sure if it is. Maybe I'm making that up. But I know it's a casa, and I know it's on Mills. I don't know if it's Casa Amigos. I don't know, but I, it's. Uh, it's what what school Street. is that near in Tempe? Arizona State. Arizona State is that the fun one? ASU is the fun one. Sure is. Then U of A is where all the dorks go. <laughs> Jimmy Tatro went to U of A. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> um, I, I just know one like is academically a little better than the other. I, yeah, I wouldn't even call either of them academic, academic, <laughs> academia powerhouses. <laughs> but uh, they're, they're, both, they're both fun. But Arizona State's like notoriously like for a long time just been like super fun place. A lot of fake tits coming out of those schools, though. Which we have to tip our hat to. A little golf clap. Fantastic. Well, well. <laughs> The main thing that's happened uh, in the last couple of weeks is you put an album out, you finally got a response from fans. Um, we saw the reception uh, as far as like the charts on Spotify and Billboard and all that jazz. Yeah. So do you want to give us the rundown? Yeah, I mean it was uh, fuck. It was it was kind of exactly what, what doctor ordered. You know, we mm-hmm. were. Uh, you know, there's no there's no exact time. There's no. It's it's just kind of like a knowing, like I was ready to do it and ready to let it fly, and and um, I just gotta tip my hat to the fans for staying patient, staying with us, and and uh, that was the strongest reaction I've ever gotten. Um, and I know I knew that, you know, you you can't know for sure because you never know, <laughs> but um, you know, I just we we were so kind of normalized to the sound I'd been working on, and just so ready to share it with other people, but. It's an interesting point about divine timing and like that understanding is just like when you know, you know kind of thing. Like there's, if you're trusting, like I, I never really picked a date or anything. It's just kind of like even the whole concept of the trilogy and the highs, the lows, and between all that came what I, and what I could, would consider like, you know, the wee hours of the night. Like was, this was late in the process where like all of it came to fruition. I was just kind of making all this music, and I knew I liked it, and and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, I want to do it this way, and you know, this amount of songs, and like now I, I had this whole trilogy idea, and because I had been making, had my head down, making so many ideas and songs, that it feels feasible and doable, and it makes a lot of sense, and and uh, it just, it was nice to, honestly, internally, it was nice to watch it all unfold and kind of go our way, and and also just a tip of the cap to like. 
you know, the, the ideologies that we talk about in regards to just trusting the timing, and trusting your gut instincts. Because I, I feel like I made some of my favorite songs in the last two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, answer me this. Would you, be in a, would you have been able to come to that conclusion or done this type of project if you were signed to a record label? Absolutely not. Because of the deadlines. Yeah, I mean, I would have had to turn the album in. Yeah, a year ago. <laughs> I would have had to turn the album in fucking seven months ago. And I literally made the chunk of this album in the last six months. Yeah. You know? You got to understand, this is a trilogy. I have a bunch of songs like for the other albums, too. So, you know, I was just making so much music. And, and uh, I mean, I was making music. I, w- I made Still Works, which is one of the, be- is the best performing song out of the new, new ones mm-hmm. that weren't leaked. It's the best <clears throat> performing song right now. I made that seven days before I turned the album in. I started it. I got that beat. I was. I got that beat. I just had an idea. Made the whole thing. Started it. Heard the beat for the first time six, seven days out. Turned it in. I loved the song. Turned it in. It's probably the only one I didn't have any time to like live with at all. Mm-hmm. As I'm living with the album and like, you know, it's uploaded for four or five weeks before it comes out. I'm like, fuck. I want to change something. <laughs> so I'm literally like. We're in Austin, like the album's coming out in nine days, and I'm like changing shit on, on the music. It's Kanye kind of, status right there. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of doing my, <laughs> my own version of that, but Ditto as a partner was, has been great. Shout out Chris Mooney, who um, really like kind of heard me out. My conversations with labels and companies is pretty interesting because I'm not really having normal conversations that they have with artists at all, mm-hmm. coming from a managerial side business side and um he's the only one that like just like yep i get it i hear what you're talking about i think i can help you we'll do your part and blah blah, blah. so ditto really helped us because i wouldn't have been able to do even the upload and, and the itunes thing we did and the whole you know rollout that seemed very very um well thought out for a, not a logistics company um ditto was a big part of like helping us execute our ideas on the fly so yeah yeah, shout out to the fans, man. We had uh, we got our number one moment in the sense of like we were first half of first week on Spotify solely because we focused on on Apple and iTunes and then Spotify we didn't focus on, but we got that midweek number one um, in regards to just new. I think it was uh, debut albums. Debut albums, yeah. For that weekend or that week? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't even know. You know, I'm not even in that game and know the numbers, but it was nice to get those. Um, as a brand new artist, because obviously to y'all, I'm not a brand new artist, but as Mike, yes. So, um, proud of the group, proud of myself, proud of the fans. I'm proud of Mr. Steve, <laughs> um, but proud of, proud of the execution. It's a lot to be proud of, but, you know, at the same time, there's, uh, it's just another day, you know, when you're doing, you know, we definitely sent it for a few weeks and had ourselves a bit of a celebration, but did it really feel much different than how we were living? Nope. <laughs> you know? Yep. Doing the same thing, and, and, and you know, there's, there's a lesson in that. I had a good question. Somebody messaged me about, like, the, uh, I want to say I sent it to you as a, as a question for this podcast, but he basically was saying, like, you know, when you have a big victory, how do you handle with the come down? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought I sent it to you because I remember I, I've, I really liked that question, but I, I really felt myself navigate those feelings like very quickly this time around because like, mm-hmm. it's a real thing. 
when you put a lot of time and, and there's a big buildup and then it comes and it goes. Jimmy Tatro on his podcast talked about He that. talked about when he was on the Kimmel show yeah. and he thought in his mind that it was, was going to be this big thing, him being on national TV on Jimmy Kimmel late night. And then he said all it was is he just went there, he did it, and he drove home and he didn't feel any different. Mm-hmm. And that could be scary for people, you know? Mm-hmm. And that I've gone through that my own version of that many times. And it comes down to gratitude and perspective. I just shifted towards that because you know it is a week goes by you know my fans have just been so amazing with this like really i can't tell you enough of the reaction in my messages and fan mail and um you know all all those outlets that fans social media that reach out they uh y'all have really made me feel appreciated on on this you know so it's that's really helps with with that um but at the same time like it's a perspective thing you know, you're detached from the results. If you really truly are detached from the results, then that eliminates that. Because mm-hmm. it's not about that, like, voila moment. You know, it's just like, it's all part of the journey. It's about yeah. loving the process. Yeah, the process was just as fun as the fucking results. Mm-hmm. You know, it really just genuinely was. And I could say that's, that's a first for me. The outcomes are just a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. You love the whole ride. The outcome is just a bonus. Absolutely. It's, it's really it's just not even an outcome. It's just another place. Mm-hmm. It's another another vantage point that we made it to, and, and uh, that's the outlook, you know. Yeah. Well, the fans asked a bunch of questions about the album. We asked them uh, about a week ago, and uh, let's get through some of them. Aaron asks us: Was there any new challenges that you encountered when you were working on this particular album that you haven't experienced before? Um, challenges, and more so, just like how do you, how do you uh, explain like the difference of making this album compared to past yeah i mean ones. it's all down to creation approach mm-hmm. um i'm deaf uh, you know i've talked about it on this podcast a bunch but I, I'm, I'm approaching it from a very free paint against the wall non-micromanagement place and correct me if i'm wrong is this the first album where you recorded yourself the i majority recorded of it? this entire album myself yeah Not, that's probably the first one right yeah and i made the, i made this entire thing in my room what you know the room was moving but this is a bedroom-made album. So that has to be, that has to be the biggest difference. Uh, that is. And if, like a great example is when Billie Eilish got really big. She made, a lot of people don't know, she made her first big album uh, with her brother in their childhood house in this tiny little bedroom where like, it's so small you can't even stand up in it. There's just a bed and then there's a desk and there's all like the gear and everything. And they, made, they, they cut the whole thing there. Just the two of them. Yeah, I've talked about this a bunch. Just like, but that's not the norm. Yeah, like the, the norm is you're in this big studio and there's engineers and producers and writers and there's there's labels. nothing personal about it to the artist really. Yeah, fuck that shit. I mean, I, I talked about this. I want to believe. I want to say in one of the last few episodes. It's been a while, but mm-hmm. just like the day and age of like going to a studio. I made a post about this while we were in Austin about like I posted the view I made that song and I was just like I made one of my favorite songs here yesterday in an hour. And the days of me ever being in a big studio and overpaying, putting a time limit and a cost price tag on my creativity. And, you know, going into the studio, just think about the idea of like, oh, no, I'm going to be creatively inclined and inspired tomorrow at 4 p.m. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's a bad approach. It's an outdated approach. So there, I haven't seen the whole episode yet, but uh, one of the newest episodes of Dave, <laughs> I think he like... He takes uh, some type of psychedelic and he goes into like one of those like water chambers 
and he float tanks. And in it, he, he he can in it he confronts his ego, and his ego is just like him uh, bald with like a diaper. <laughs> and he he confronts his ego about like what like who he should be and what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And bro, it is it is one of the funniest fucking things I ever seen. Yeah, shout out little Dicky man, fucking that shit's I fuck with his show. Yeah, but um, the point is like when when you're like down to the bare bones of just you in your room by yourself, three in the morning. Maybe a little high. Mm-hmm. Hey, buddy. And like, and you're just catching a wave, and something hits you. It's me, man. It's so different than like showing up to an appointment at 4 p.m. in the afternoon, and there's like four people there, and everyone's going through different things yeah. in that room. Everyone's trying to, you know, make a name for themselves or what ha- what have you. There's just so many different factors, right? Not, not I, to say that you can't make a good song that way, but it's not going to oh, be. Totally. As, it's not going to be as personal, and you're not going to be as vulnerable in your message. As you could have been. Yeah, and I think that's the best part of my music. Exactly. Personal, vulnerable, honest, unique. Mm-hmm. Those are the first four words I think of. Yep. You know? I'm not the best technical singer, but I'm not even fucking close, you know? Um, I definitely have a gift with, like, words in, in my own way, but this is, I told you, like, it's literally, these songs are, like, moments in time in my life. Yep. I remember what inspired them. I remember where I was when I made them. Yeah. Um, and no one else could have made these songs. No one else can sing them. Mm-hmm. You know, let anyone sing them. All the best singers in the world, it wouldn't sound the same. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't feel the same. And I, that's been my favorite part of the reaction to this album. I feel like everyone understands. They totally understand. Like they're just like, "Yo, this is you." Like, I, and this is how we've felt about it for so long. You know, so it's it's been really nice to feel connected to the listener because i've been i've felt very disconnected in the last few years mm-hmm. killing off mike stud not being able to really really you know let people know what was going on for a while i was in between the record deal with you know record deal possibilities with with, with a huge artist you know mm-hmm. friendships intertwined there's just a lot going on and i, and I felt there's a disconnect the podcast really has helped bring back that connection um, and feel that connection. And I think it arcs, the podcast arcs perfectly into this music. Yeah. You know? The thing that really hit it for me is when we were making the documentary, which is available on Only Steve's now, if you want to see the 42-minute Life Got Crazy documentary. One of the best things we've ever done. It's really dope. You can sign up uh, at onlysteves.com for five bucks. That's my pitch. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but what really hit it for me is when I was making it, and obviously we're going to score the documentary with the album because that's what it's about. It, it clicked to me right there where I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, the last two years is the album. Exactly. And I'm starting to put the music over the moments. And they're perfect. And it's like it, it fits exactly right. Yeah. You listen to songs like Days Go By, mm-hmm. and you're talking about it's hard for me to stay in one place. And, you're, you know, it's, it's going over the section where we're leaving L.A. And we're, we're, and we're moving to all these different places. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah the music is exactly what happened. We literally don't know where we're going, but we do know why. Yeah. Like we know we need there's there's more out there we know it, you know. That's why I highly recommend the documentary because then it's really gonna click for everyone because you're gonna see down to the T the exact story of what has happened in yeah. the past two three years. Yeah, man, I, I can't. There's no, there's not one ounce of of uh, you know a, a lie or or even just like embellishment in regards to when I say this album is literally the soundtrack to our our life. It mm-hmm. is, and in in hopes that it would be the, be the soundtrack 
to y'all's, you know, the listeners' lives. Because, yes, our lives are very radical and weird. Mm-hmm. But, you know, these are basic human, you know, transitional teenage to 20s to midlife, all these journeys and tribulations and developments humans go through. Yep. You know, kids nowadays, people nowadays, you know, and I'm really, as I said, the reaction has just been really fulfilling um, as much as, you know, I, I said it wholeheartedly, like, I like it. So I, I, it was coming out the way it was coming out, you know, but for the fan base to, to click with it the way they have has been really, really uh, fulfilling and, and um, just like a tip of the cap to us following our instinct on the whole thing. And a breath of fresh air that a lot of music today is, a lot of popular music today is leaning negative. Sad, negative. I'm off that. Where this, I mean, it's called the highs. All of it is leaning positive. You don't see a lot of positivity in music today. Yeah, no, I I refuse. I mean, I literally made a decision about three years ago. I I think it was a little, maybe a little less than three years ago, but I wasn't engaging with negativity on social media. Anything revolve, anything involving my name going forward will be positive. Mm-hmm. Why, why the fuck put anything else out into the universe, you know? Why attract anything else, you know? And why, why not inspire as much positivity as you can? I mean, I, I really believe that. That's the best impact you can make on someone is to impact them positively and make them feel uplifted. Mm-hmm. Um, and the highs are for celebrating the good times, but they're for... So many people reached out to me like, I needed this. I was, I was down, you know? And then when we get to the lows, which will come next, the lows aren't going to be some depressed music. It's going to be a guide of getting out of navigating the lows. So with that, this, this goes into this question. Alex asked us, this being a three-part trilogy, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, what order should we expect it in? And when are you planning the next drop? I know we've got a ton of new stuff, but I'm vibing so hard, selfishly need yeah, I mean, um, the lows, the way I saw this in my head, I mean, this was mm-hmm. a meditation development, part of why I preach meditation. Mm-hmm. But I was meditating and I kind of landed on this whole trilogy idea. And um, the highs were that, you know, that's how I developed my first deadline because I was cruising without a deadline because I don't believe in them. And I didn't want to do that to myself unless I knew I had a reason. And um, created a deadline because the highs are the summer. Sun's out, fun's out. Guns out. Guns out, you know. And, uh, you know, what, what do you want to listen to? I mean, I would go out on the boat. We've been traveling, doing sh- fun shit. And I would feel like, I don't know, if we wanted uplifting fun music, we had to go back 10 years. You know, whoever was on the aux had to go back 10, 10 years. Like, or had to, like, pick and choose out of a small group of songs that like uplift you and nothing really modern and new, as you just said. I mean, unless it's country or like select. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, not to say they don't exist, just like, especially in the hip hop genre. Yeah, I'm talking about pop and hip hop. Yeah. It's just not really existing. Yeah, it's not. It's all about like broken, being broken hearted. And like, and I think there's, you know, love is, is what it's all about. You know, life is all about love in its own, all of its forms. So I think what my friend Mike's trying to say is that true love is blind. <laughs> no one's going to get that, <laughs> but cut to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was one of those things where 
it, it was such a no-brainer to to go with the highs first, and it was such a no-brainer to drop it in the summer. So as I I like literally arrived at that like at the beginning of the summer. So I was like, fuck, I hit Foley. I'm like, yo, album needs to come out before reasonably, you know, an ASAP in the summer, but I still got to work some things out and I'm working on music still. And now you can see it on Instagram. People like, it's the soundtrack to their lives now, you know, like mm-hmm. when, when they're on a boat, they play blue water. When they're, when they're hiking, they play mountains. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fun to watch people, um, people kind of doing exactly what I was hoping they would do. Just like live their life to it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, the lows will come next. I mean, how would you explain the lows, vibe-wise? Is yeah, coming. Is it going to be sad music? It's what, still going to be. De- it still needs to be developed. But there's a bunch of great ideas, and um, I mean, this is going to be a winter. You know, cold out. You know, when you can't leave the house a bunch, and it's a lot of people are dealing with. You know, the grays, or the gray is what Johnny called it in the mm-hmm. Bottom Line episode, like just dealing with the gray every day. Um, and it won't be sad music. Um, it will be, it's going to, it will feel less uplifting generally than the highs. Um, but there will be, this will, this is almost the grittier side of life. Like when you got to grind through the problems mm-hmm. and the, the heartbreaks and the unfortunate things that come with being, being alive. Yeah. And it's like, the way I see it is like almost a guideline of navigating that. It'll probably feel a little harder, you know? It'll feel a little harder in like genre, like, you know, it will just feel a little, it's not gonna go soft, sad. It'll be like, this is how you bully through these highs. You know, this is how you bully through the lows to get back to the highs. Yeah, perseverance is a good word. Um, Keep going, think about what keep going means, Mm -hmm. really, and then, you know, the highs, the lows, the in-betweens make up, keep going. So this really whole, this whole thing is a guideline to keep going. And that's just how I'm like crafting it and writing it. I fucking love it. Well, uh, only one of these questions about tour. Um, maybe we can just give an update on what the deal is with that, when it's going to happen. And then Robert asked, how much of this album and older Mike Stud songs will be mixed in at the concerts? Oh, we'll definitely cla- we'll mix and sprinkle in some Mike Stud classics. These days, Swish probably. But for the most part, you think it's going to be all new music? Yeah, I think these days, Swish, Mirrors on the Ceiling will play. Yep. You know, those are, those are really high-performing songs for me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, no, the rest, like, by the time we're actually on a real tour, like, there'll be a whole other album out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, gonna, there's talking about 40 new songs as Mike. I mean, I, I was just looking, I mean... I've put out a bunch, like I put over out over thirty songs with Mike now. Yeah. And just in just about a year and a half, I put out thirty songs. Um, and then there's a bunch more coming. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll focus on the Mike stuff, but it's not like a disregard for the past. You know, there's no vibe. There's no vibe like that. It's a celebration of the past too. But it's just like I'm gonna play the music that I want to hear now, fresh music. And quite, quite honestly, like, there's a bunch of new fans, a bunch of new listeners that are happening and going to be happening. You know, this is just reaching a new, this is reaching like a new, a new market or at least rekindling. You know, if people, I've had so many people come up to me in public recently, just, man, I love the new album. You know, I hadn't been listening for a while. 
shit like that. Just my overall notoriety is definitely going up from this album. My point in saying is, you know, the new stuff is what's going to be focused. Um, we don't have any details on a tour. I will say, getting her ass kicked a little bit out there in the streets because it's I'm an independent artist, um, and everyone hasn't toured in a year and a half. You know, from COVID, every artist hasn't toured, so everyone's trying to tour, and it's pretty difficult for an artist of, you know, without a label backing or without, you know, really established. Uh, really established 2,000, you know, 2,000, 3,000 person venues. Like, this is something where I need to, we need to be patient because promoters and working it out with my agent, like I wanted to be touring soon, but it looks like we won't tour until 2022. Do you want to save 25% on the most essential supplement on the market? John Kilmer here with Liquid IV. Now, unless you've been living underneath a Dwayne Johnson, You've probably heard about Liquid IV. We've been talking about them for about a year now. Probably the most consistent supplement that we've been taking at our house for the past year and a half to two years. And that's because it is a hydration multiplier supplement. What does that mean, John? Well, if you take one of these Liquid IV flavor packets, they come in wonderful flavors, by the way. Watermelon, apple pie, guava. Great for the summertime. If you mix one of these flavor packets right here into a bottle of water, it is the equivalent hydration of two to three bottles of water. So what does that mean for you? Well, say you just ripped it with your buddies at the weekend and you wake up Sunday morning, you get into Sunday scaries, you're feeling like absolute dog shit. Mix one of these flavor packets into a bottle of water, you're gonna feel like a million bucks. Let's say you're at the gym and you just ripped a fucking killer workout, you're hitting the treadmill, you're fucking hitting the free weights, you feel a little malnourished afterwards, you mix one of these flavor packets into a bottle of water, you feel like a million bucks. We've been using it for a very long time. We absolutely love Liquid IV. So we have a tremendous offer for you today. If you go to liquidiv.com at checkout, use promo code YNK, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. You can also get these bad boys at Costco. If you go to Costco, you buy them in bulk. But you're going to get 25% off if you go to liquidiv.com. Use promo code YNK at checkout and get 25% off. Tell them Steve sent you. Do you sell products online like we do? Well, if you do, I'm about to blow your balls off with this information. John Kilmer here with ShipStation. Now, if you know anything about us, you know we sell tons of products online, whether it be Chug Buds, Merchandise, Stevenson Ranch, you name it. We're constantly shipping stuff out to people every single day. If you have an online business, I highly suggest you check out ShipStation.com. Now, ShipStation is a fantastic tool for taking in all your orders, printing out your shipping labels at the best prices. And it is just the best way to stay organized. It's compatible with pretty much every platform. We use Shopify. Um, and when we get orders, they, they just, it's just the orders come in, you press a button, the shipping label comes out, you put it on the package, you're good to go. So not only is it convenient, but you get the best, this is the best part of it. You get the same rates that Fortune 500 companies get on shipping, no matter how big your business is. Uh, we're talking about FedEx, UPS, USPS. You're getting the best discounted rates. We've saved so much money on shipping from using ShipStation. So I cannot 
recommend them enough. If you sell anything online, whether you're on Etsy, Shopify, whatever, if you're selling anything online, you gotta check out ShipStation. And we have a tremendous offer for you today. If you go to ShipStation.com and click the little microphone up top, you're gonna use promo code YNK and get two months for free. That's two whole free months if you go to ShipStation.com, click the little microphone up top and use promo code YNK. And what's that? Oh yeah, tell them Steve sent you. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> uh, how many songs? Lost a lot of good men out there. How yeah. many songs did you have at the start to narrow it down to the twenty-three that you have on the album? Yeah, I mean, there's about fifty ideas mm -hmm. that I like. Yeah. Fun fact about the Beatles: for every album, they would make like two hundred songs. Yeah. I mean, I've made over two hundred songs. Yeah. I'm talking about fifty. Yeah, fifty ones. I'm really like fucking with. Had a shot. Yeah. yeah, I'm fucking with them. You know. Yep. It's been a. I've definitely hit a creative. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if it's a threshold or if it's you know just elevation and vibe, or frequency, or whatever, whatever it may be. But I, I definitely think it's also just like a threshold of crossing those ten thousand hours as an artist. Mm -hmm. um, I feel very comfortable. And confident in what I can do, like, just takes diligence because no one's helping me. You know, like I'm literally organized. Like people don't understand. Like I'm organizing the songs. I'm freestyling. I'm going through. I'm highlighting what I like. I'm editing it. Then I'm then I'm just kind of recording and punching in lyrics like as I hear it. I'm making. I'm like reverse engineering songs and doing it. And I probably have. I'm working on like ten at once. And I'm doing business and all the other stuff we do, the podcast, everything. So it's it takes like a when I talked earlier about being like unhealthy, because it took that level of like more or less completely immersed in the music and immersed in managing the music and producing the music. Like I produced on a lot of these songs, you know, um, helping just with just writing the melodies in general and. and uh, that was also a first. Like I handcrafted this music with, with three different, you know, producers. Um, I would say Charlie, you know, all these guys bring their own. I wanna, uh, we'll segue into this because I have to clear the air on something. The second part of this question says, also one for Kilmer, finally, are any of the guitar parts in the album from you? And this has been a huge misconception, but I feel like I just gotta clear the air as much as I love to take credit for shit I didn't do. <laughs> Did not play any guitar on the album. Yeah. So why don't you just let them know who actually played the guitars? Yeah, the it's uh, Charlie Handsome, who's one of the more talented guys walking on the, uh, the planet in regards to production, yeah. songwriting. Just fucking. I'm talking about a guy that's worked with uh, Khalid, uh, Morgan, uh, everyone, a ton of people. Yeah, I mean, everybody, like a very, very wide-ranging group of, you know, Kodak Black, Juice World, mm -hmm. you know, ton, Kane Brown, ton, tons of people on the countryside, on the rap side. I mean, I literally went to Charlie in Nashville when I first met him, and the guy's like notoriously a hard ass, like, just is, <laughs> but he's like the man, you know? But he's just like brutally honest and like doesn't give a shit if you can tell that he doesn't like what you're doing, like, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And when I went to him, I didn't really have any of this music yet. And he's like, you know, we had a weekend in Nashville, and he's like, hey, I don't really like your music, but <laughs> I like you. You can fuck with you. <laughs> and uh, at this point, I was telling him about the sound that I wanted to create and how I didn't even ask him to work because, like, I knew there was going to be a... 
I had to earn that, you know, in regards to just presenting him with dope songs and dope ideas and shit. And I mean, yeah, we got, got basically, that's how I've gotten in a lot of the doors. People fuck with me as a person, and then that's how Post heard my music originally, just from being like homies, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's just, how, that's just how it went, but couldn't think of a better guy. And I kind of, I'm very proud of, you know, accomplishing what I accomplished with the production and finding the right guys because I had to manifest it myself. Speaking of Charlie again, I mean, someone like you just said, who's done things on the countryside, done things on the pop side, could you really pick someone better yeah, and, to produce and, your sound? And on the real urban side too. That's what I meant, sorry. That, but can you, pick, can you pick a better producer no. who can really get your sound any Neither better? Neither close, yes. Yeah. I mean, because my whole idea was like, I love the guitar. I love the way the guitar feels. It's just something that does something to me, you know? Mm -hmm. When I, when I, it just brings out the best side of me musically, I think, too. And, and I love country music for that reason. And I had this idea of creating like legitimate, great, you know, catchy guitar riffs and merging them with like urban, modern bounces, like all the bounces that everyone loves nowadays, you know? Well, see, a lot of people are doing that, but what separates yours is the guitars are leaning very country. Yeah, for the most part. You know? That's, that was kind of my whole idea. And I, I knew I was the only one that could really make it. Because mm -hmm. it could be, it's very hard to do country-ish rap and merge them and not be completely cheesy. Agreed. It's very, that's why no one does it. Mm -hmm. But think about it, who, who else is going to do that? This is me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I am that. Like, kind of look more like a country guy, act more like a country guy. You know, get along like uh, I'm. Those those are the guys that gravitate towards me. You know, post kind of you could even argue is like kind of like a classic country guy the way he acts and drinks beers and so on. You know, just yeah. that whole. It's just who I am, you know. And then and then obviously, innately I, I always had like a. I love to rap. Always could. I just had a, that was my initial gift. You know. Mm -hmm. So. I'm proud of the way we've created the sound, and that's why it sounds like a sound. Sounds like it's all one thing, you know? Almost like one, that's why it feels like a real album. Like, you know, it's because it's, it's a sound, it's consistent. And I, I didn't want to do anything else. And it's pretty rare, no one's really doing it like that. They're kind of treating songs as their own standalone, you know, products versus I was, I really definitely wanted to make the highs all feel like one page, every page was part of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds super cohesive. Um, this is the fun. I actually don't know the answer to this. What state did you fly over when that picture was taken for the album cover? Fully took That's it. a Foley question. Fully took it. We were it. coming from Florida. And it was taken on his iPhone, right? Yep. Which is crazy. And you want to know another thing? That was, that flight was, can our flight was canceled the night before. We were supposed to be out of there. And we get to the airport and they cancel it. And instead of bitching, we were like, fuck it. We went back to the Ritz. <laughs> Caught a vibe. Could be worse. Yeah, you know, remember the days when it was the fucking Holiday Inn, mm -hmm. you know? I literally, I remember saying that to him. I was like, right, well, let's go back to the Ritz. So he took this on the ride back from Florida back to Nashville? Yes, and, and we shouldn't have been on the flight with any chance of that picture happening. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to be on the night flight. So instead of bitching about it, we went back, had a great dinner, chilled, smoked, got high on the balcony, went to bed. Woke up the next morning. Got an album cover. Got an album cover. Wow. What would the, what would the album cover would have been if it wasn't that? 
don't know. Just, Shout out to Foley. We're just man. been the portrait of you, just like this. Just me, like <laughs> me, me as part of the blue man group. Like that's the blue, <laughs> that's the blue circle. Would have been terrible. Would have um, been the worst. <laughs> uh, another question I don't know the answer to. Um, Biller, maybe his just name is Bill, asked, "How did Mike lose his voice before making you can tell?" Fun story of that. That <laughs> are Mike actually lost his voice when he recorded that. That's why it sounds like sounds like a completely different person. It does. It's happened, uh, it also happened to Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, if you notice when he sings the song Dream On. I don't know if you know that song. Yeah. Famous song. Dream On. His voice in that song sounds nothing like the rest of his music, if you really listen to it. It sounds like, I, over mm. the years, I thought it was two completely different people. Interesting. And uh, something happened with that as well, where he like, yeah, something was going on with his voice for that one song. It ended up being one of the. I mean, to be completely ever. honest, like most of most of the original vibes of these songs when I'm on a wave, and like sometimes I like the way I'm sounding so much that I'll like even if I have to re-record it, I'll try to like match that same vibe. Mm-hmm. Like two birds, I made that shit on a wave. It was like six in the morning. Yeah, let's let's be real. When you recorded, you can tell probably two or three days. Yeah, that later. was no. I was just gonna say I was that was like. I lose my voice if I'm on like a bender, like a, if I haven't slept in like a day or two and we're just like partying, working. Yelling partying, over the music. Yelling over the music, going to the bars, coming back, playing beer pong, losing money, smoking, winning money. Look at the baby, look smoking, at the baby. Smoking woods, doing oh, I'm dips. Smoking, I'm chain smoking, <laughs> chain smoking backwards. Poor Versace's rolled up 10 blunts. <laughs> I'm like, for whatever reason, I get these like second wins in like the early morning. Chain dipping, lane switching. Yeah, lane kiffing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I was another, like, that was really cool. It was like, I mean, I learned this a while ago and I was just like, yo, it's all about the vibe for me, bro. It's not about singing it the best I can. Mm-hmm. I don't even like the songs that people are like, I mean, if someone has a beautiful voice, yes, of course. I love, I'm just talking about like, for me, I'm not even looking at it like that. Like I'm looking at it all about how it feels and how it sounds to my ear. That's it. A lot of artists, um, and I've seen this with a ton of artists where they'll record like scratch vocals, like when they write it, and they'll do it a certain way, but it'll be rough. Mm-hmm. And then they'll want to redo them mm-hmm. cleaner. So that sounds like just a little more clean. And then when they redo it, they can't even come close to capturing the original vibe when they first See, like, like I, I take that original recording every time if I had to pick. That's what I'm saying. And it's also because I'm not so um, submerged in the songwriting pop music world where like everyone's, there's a recipe and everyone takes it like a corporate approach to music. I just don't, you know? I really don't. I don't think that's, I think it's, I don't think, I'm, I feel like I'm more in touch with the average person than most artists. And I know that most, the average person is not hyper analyzing the music. It's all about how it makes them feel. They're not like, ooh, he doesn't, I don't know if, that, if that's the best take on that, on that fucking line. You know what I mean? He could have sang that better. It's not, no one's no. thinking like it's that. The, it's the subconscious je ne sais quoi of like, this song sounds fucking legit. It sounds authentic, but I don't know why. That's why. Yep. Because of the mood that you're in when you did that song. And in the same way that like, you know, you can, your ear also subconsciously can catch when something's very well produced and very clean and dope. Like, there, there's definitely, I get why people chase that. Yeah. Because it gives it that uh, stamp of approval, like the production quality. But with the stuff you're saying in the lyrics, if you're not coming off authentic with the way you're saying it, it it's not going to work. It doesn't even work. When you're talking about the whole club being faded from the smell, 
No one's I should gonna, sound like that. No one's going to believe you. Because I've been chain smoking backwards. <laughs> no one's going to believe that that the, the club is faded from the smell <laughs> if you're not saying it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. When I heard that, I'm like, that club is faded by the smell. Yeah, and, and they can all tell. Tech <laughs> <laughs> talk tie real well. <laughs> you can get with that. <laughs> mm. Oh man! All right. Well, let's uh one more question before we wrap this up. All right. Um, actually, I don't know the answer to this either. Blake asked us, "How did the switch up on the back half of Mountains come about?" The song is a jam. You know that. You know the answer, kind of. Kind of, but like this, this was a. So this was a last-minute thing. We don't have to get into the whole story of mountains uh, from the start to the end, but this was very last minute. What was the last week before yeah. you turned the album in? You just I, you just put in like a, a two and a half minute outro to the I song. I put a two and a half minute outro on it. It was probably probably seventy two hours before I had to turn it in. So why'd you do it? I was just like going through and finalizing records. I, I always had like. That's the most fun part when the songs are like 95% done. You're like, ooh, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And I, I was also looking, zooming out and looking at the project and just like wanted to make sure the songs were dynamic enough. Different lengths. I actually was really thoughtful about how the songs roll into each other. Like I kind of wanted to make it like a wave. Like if you look at Keep Going here, the tattoo and the authentic first logo of Keep Going is a wave. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to make like even my what the lyric content was like that would go like in and out of each other like you know and, and kind giggity. of giggity giggity um, <laughs> but you know what I mean like some if you really pay attention you go back and listen with this in mind like sometimes you'll even hear me like repeat a notion like on song six when song seven comes around like I'm referencing something in song six that's fire. Yeah, and like I actually really took time to like kind of make that make sense. Not overdo it because you don't want to be a dork about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, just I like those little synergies that you can create by by like being thoughtful with it. So yeah, I mean, I was I was finalizing the songs. My guy JP, man, young kid, Connecticut-based kid. Yeah, he's a fucking rock star, and, and super happy and very lucky to have uh, kind of gotten contact with him and built with him when I did because. I literally produced like the album out with him. Like I would just be there like helping. I don't play instruments, but I'm kind of he would bring a bunch of great melodies, but I would be able to kind of from here just be like, "Ooh, I like this one. Why don't we go here with this one?" Steer the ship. Yeah, and like I never got to be able to steer the ship in my in my previous arrangements of creating music. I'm getting beats from people, the ship is already steered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Working with Louis Bell, that was kind of where I needed to branch out. We both needed to. It's just like you make music one way at a certain time for so long, like you're ready for something new, you know? But mm-hmm. I didn't know at that point, I didn't even know how to articulate what I wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted truly, you know? Um, so this was just a fun experience to produce out and, and do and have JP as one of, one of the partners on it for sure. He came on late in the project and became a focal part of it. Also, shout out Mason Sachs and Hosu. Those guys, you, I've had them by the house in L.A. Yeah, Mason plays a lot of the guitar as well. He's he's an incredible guitarist. Yeah, he played on about seven or eight of the songs, I think. He's but, but an he's, incredible guitarist. Yeah, like one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, everyone's just was, was just fucking, I mean, I had a really balanced team in regards to producing it out. But Mountaintops, yeah, we just, I was just like, what the fuck do I, you know, what does Mountaintops say? 
like about being high on life, you know? Mm -hmm. There's no, really humans can't go any higher on foot than a mountaintop, you know? So it's like, how do you feel when you get up there? What does that sound like? Mm -hmm. You know, so in the first half of the song, I'm, I'm talking about the mountaintops, and then the second half, I'm just like, we made it to the mountaintop, this is what it sounds like. Is, is mountains uh, a love song? Yeah, but it's it's not about, it's not necessarily about a love song like with a girl. You say the song, Go Somewhere With You. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. So it's a love song, but it's, it's not necessarily about like this one girl you love. It's about, it's like being in love with your life, you know? Love with the people you have, your friends, your family. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I want to go somewhere with you and connect and go to, you know, I'll shout, I'll shout it from the mountaintops, meaning like that's kind of a saying like, I want everyone to know, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna hide that. It's, it's about like embracing love in general, really. Like if you love something and you love someone, get on the mountaintops and say, you know? Mm -hmm. That's kind of what, it, what it's about for me. <laughs> Veronica Cornerstone and I had sex. <laughs> uh, uh, Did I just say that out loud? You practically yelled it. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. That's basically the, mm -hmm. that's that song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, that's all our questions. Um, anything else you want to say before we wrap this up? No, we are going to ramp up on the podcast. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, another thing I wanted to say with uh, the YNK Plus, you know, premium on only Steve's. Um, we're going to start ramping those up again. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we were, we kind of found ourselves balls deep in album <laughs> rollout. We still have a lot of work ahead of us. We're gonna create a bunch of visuals for you guys, obviously within, within our vibe and the way we do things, you know, but um, just appreciate you guys bearing with us because we weren't, you know, we kind of had to focus up on just the rollout and getting it out and finishing it and handling the business surrounding it, which like you're looking at, you know, Kilmer wears a lot of hats and he's not capping. <laughs> um, so does everyone really, you know, so, you know, he's doing admin work, he's doing a bunch of shit, everyone's kind of, I, I wasn't really available emotionally, mentally to do podcasts. Sexually. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't available sexually either, really. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, we made it through the fire and then just gonna, we're gonna ramp back up on, um, on YNK and Bottle Lie and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and keep it rocking, you know. We're in a good spot. We've made it through the fire of, and I think we'll feel, it feels like we're on the other side of, you know, we had a, we've been holding that nut for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Let that one fly, and now we're back to normal. That nut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of nuts, if we go any longer, my shorts right up any higher. We're gonna have to censor out half my nutsack, so we should probably. Uh, What's in there? Probably in there. <laughs>